The Florida Panthers were in much need of a bounce back after dropping a point in Los Angeles on Sunday as they pay a visit to the Shark Tank on Tuesday night in Joe Thornton's first game back in San Jose after spending 15 seasons there. On today's episode of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Jacob Winans, my colleague, joins me on this Winans Wednesday edition to discuss this 3-2 to overtime win against the San Jose Sharks, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, March 16th edition of the Locked On Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're to your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, the Florida Panthers found a way to bounce back. Their second uh, their second and final matchup against the San Jose Sharks, it needed another overtime. It needed a lot of domination late in game, uh, especially at 5-on-5 five five after the Florida Panthers looked a little bit sloppy uh, coming out of the gate in the first two periods. But here to discuss this 3-2 win against the San Jose Sharks on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is my friend Jacob Winans on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob, welcome back. Good to be here. It's it's a late one tonight. I am exhausted, but this should be good. (laughs) Yes, it is a late show, and um, my clock reads 11.42 a.m. on uh, Wednesday morning, and... I'm going to say the same thing that I said on Sunday night heading into Monday morning, the Scott Van Pelt line from sport, the midnight edition of sports center. I'm not tired yet. So let's, let's discuss this uh, three to two win over the San Jose Sharks. So second trip of this, uh, of this four game West coast trip, once again, separating these uh, two trips into two different ones, since the Florida Panthers will be making their way back to South Florida after the game against Anaheim, there'll be a trade deadline in between. So, with uh, this uh, second game, all signs were indicating, even though Sergei Borovsky got hit uh, by a puck in Los Angeles after not starting, uh, needed 17 stitches. Um, how caught off guard were you at first when you first heard uh, that Spencer Knight was leading the Florida Panthers onto the ice right before uh, puck drop? Yeah, so that came as a little bit of a surprise because Bruno made it clear yesterday and then again at morning skate today that Bob was going to be getting the start. So um, anytime you see something like that, it's a little bit, a little bit shocking, a little uncomfortable. But then you see um, immediately I reached out to uh, David Dwork to find out uh, a little more detail about what's going on. And he he quickly got back to me and told me that Bob was warming up, um, was out on the ice taking regular shots. So it's it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. He could have played if needed, but um, it doesn't hurt to give him an extra day or two off. 
and uh, Spencer more than held his own in this one. Uh, that's two two pretty solid starts for him in a row. Absolutely, and with even though Andrew Burnett after the game talked about how he was feeling a little bit of a flu after and that he didn't mention anything about the 17 stitches. I mean, I haven't had stitches on my mouth. I have had stitches like near my ear before, but can you only imagine when you have stitches around your mouth and even trying to crack a smile? Like that must be, (laughs) that must be so difficult to do. And when you're, and when you're a goalie back there, you're, you have facial re- reactions of like when pucks are coming your way that your face is bound to move. You can't, you can't be still in the crease like that. Like that, that that's, it would make Sergey Bobrovsky not human in order to ask for something like that after receiving 17 stitches just two days ago. Yeah. And I mean, I immediately think of uh, communication with the D men, uh, especially uh, behind the net and, and, that, that kind of conversation that has to happen between the goalies and the defensemen back there retrieving pucks. Uh, it can't be easy when you have that amount of stitches in your, in your mouth area and still super swollen. You could see him on the bench. It looks like he'd been stung by a bunch of bees. Um, <laughs> definitely can't be comfortable to communicate with the D back there. So um, he may have a, a little bit of a flu thing, but maybe best to give him a couple of days off with that, uh, with that busted lip. And the fact that he was able to dress is very encouraging too. I mean, I I I'm I'm hoping that the Florida Panthers when they do face off against the Vegas Golden Knights, I mean, it's going to be a back to back. Interesting to see Spencer Knight got the start last go round against the Vegas Golden Knights at home, and are they going to usually in a typical situation you would think Bob would start the first end of a back to back and then uh, Spencer Knight would get the second. I mean, also depending on the team that they go against, but in if Bob were to not have these stitches, you would think, of course, starts tonight against the San Jose Sharks, Start would start against the better team in Vegas, and then Spencer Knight would be in Anaheim. But you would have to think, with the recovery from stitches, they could flip it the other way. They could easily flip it the other way around to get even more rest. Yeah, I could definitely see them doing that. And if Spencer ends up getting the nod in, in Vegas, I think we, we can all be comfortable with that. Uh, given how he performed against them last time. Um, he, he had a a near shutout against them the first time we played Vegas this year. And I think he could, uh, he can definitely handle them as a team. A um, little bit different environment because Vegas is a very, very tough building to play in. But um, I, I think we'd be okay with Spencer Knight and goal in that one. And let's talk about Spencer Knight a little bit in this one. Um, gets the start, like I said, surprise start. Goes 24 of 26 of uh, the... Quite, uh, quite unfortunate circumstances. Um, first uh, goal that uh, Spencer Knight gives up, it, it was a result of really, even though it was on the power play, basically the Florida Panthers were down five on three. Gus Forsling takes a puck to the knee after a shot from Air, um, Eric Carlson. And that's Eric Carlson's um, only third game back. And we're, we're really start like sometimes I don't watch the Sharks all the time, but sometimes it's really easy to forget if you don't watch them all the time how good Eric Carlson really is. And they showed a stat of like the San Jose Sharks average half a goal more per game when Eric Carlson is there and and three more shots on goal. But Gus Forsling takes a one uh, to the knee. He has a hard time getting up after the fact. And of course, it was the right call not to blow blow the whistle um, for for when you're on the defensive end and you don't get the puck out of the zone. 
but just an unfortunate circumstance. And then the second one for uh, Spencer Knight, just a goal with zero traffic right in front of the net. And it's just like, once again, reminding us that Spencer Knight is in fact 20 years old. And we are going to see these consistent up and downs, even from the AHL level to the NHL level. It's kind of confusing at this time for a 20-year-old kid. He gets two shutouts in the AHL. He gives uh, up five goals um, more than once in AHL. Gets that gets that one game against the Sabres, giving up one uh, goal. Looks looks decent against the, the LA Kings. Uh, of course, in a shootout, it's going to go advantage quick. Um, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and then in this one, holds on to his own. It, it, it's crazy to see kind of the up and down that comes from a 20-year-old goaltender, but then we have to take a step back and tell ourselves, this guy is 20 years old. So even in a win like today, you kind of see like the 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 way he's able to bounce back after giving up um, goals that maybe he wants back. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still a rookie. He doesn't always play like one, but he is still a rookie. And um, the, the ESPN broadcast commented on it, like after that second goal went in, he really completely shut it down. And uh, we've seen him do that from time to time. I think of the, uh, there was another there was another power play chance. It was a, a shortly after the five on three, Nick Benino got a couple chances right in front of the net and Spencer Knight made some miracle saves. Um, we've seen him do that before. You think back to game five of the playoffs last year, gives up a goal at 20 seconds or less than a minute into the game, first shot of the game. And, and then from there, didn't allow anything. So, uh, he's capable of doing it. Um, the second goal, he definitely wants back, uh, the first goal is not much you can do about it. Forsling is, is laying on the ice prone for most of that shift. So, um, it happens, but, but it's the bounce back after the second one that really opened my eyes. He, he didn't let it get to him, and he shut it down the rest of the way. Once again, 24 of 26 for, for Spencer Knight, and um, definitely looking promising after uh, these last two games. And, hey, it, it's great to see after all of this. But we're going to talk more about uh, this 3-2 win over the San Jose Sharks on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. This is the time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallow They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamony churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie so good these are going to be your new favorites all the bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yes puffs included low calorie high protein replace your candy bar with these they're better a typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to three hundred calories go to boat.com and scroll down to the macro chart and you'll be blown away high protein low calorie high fiber low carb at Bilt bar they're all about taste and they can taste delicious first they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Second segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob Winans is joining me on this episode to discuss this 3-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. But uh, with... The Florida Panthers uh, making this trip to San Jose. Uh, Joe Thornton got an opportunity to uh, make his return for the first time after spending uh, 15 seasons. They decided to do a pregame tribute to uh, 
to uh, Jumbo Joe. And even though I'm not a Sharks fan, even though I didn't spend, uh, even though I didn't spend 15 years watching uh, Joe Thornton there, can only imagine how special that reception must have been for someone like Jumbo Joe. Yeah, so this is a really awesome night for for Joe getting that uh, getting that warm ovation and everything the the warm welcome home. Um, you think obviously back to last year, it should have happened last year, but we had the COVID situation, so it's been it's been a long time coming for him to get that first visit back to San Jose, and um, very very real possibility that this is his last time playing in that building. Uh, so it's good that he got to go out on a win. Um, but yeah, 15 years there, made a, a run right to the doorstep of winning a Stanley Cup until they ran into the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, just an absolute legend of the game. Um, tonight was really a night about about hockey legends in general with uh, what happened with Alex Ovechkin over in Washington. And uh, I saw uh, Yarmir Yager sent him a message and half threatened to come back to the <laughs> NHL, which with Yager, you're never really sure if he means it. So um and really cool that those two things happened in the same night. It was a good night for uh, for hockey history. Absolutely. And um, did you notice the starting lineup that they put up uh, in this one um, for the Panthers? Yeah. Mason yeah. Marchment as well. Um, yeah. Being being in the in the lineup on to start the game, and Mason Marchment nearly scored uh, in this one. Uh, crashes right into the net. Um, I believe he crashed into Nolachari, who crashed into James Reimer. And, um, yeah, it, it created a, a big collision right in front of the net. Bob Bugner decides to challenge it. And, uh, of course, watching that replay over and over again, especially from the bird's eye view, it, it was always going to come back. And I and I, uh, I, I kind of I kind of feel for Mason Marchment uh, growing up uh, with his dad uh, in the in the organization, knowing uh, that that city, that franchise coming in. Really wanted uh, him to score. I mean, I mean, Joe Thornton didn't score neither. Uh, ten minutes for Joe Thornton didn't get a single shot on goal in in those ten minutes. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Huberto because he had a shorthanded goal in this one, and this is the second time in the last week that Jonathan Huberto has been involved in a shorthanded chance. The first time was on a breakaway. It's a um, get um, has a breakaway and uh, scores. This time, it was a different type of goal that Jonathan Huberto is um, not is used to scoring. It's different. Two on one with Bennett, Brett Burns, a a na- big name defenseman that many people around the ho- um, National Hockey League know about. It's it's rare whenever you put whenever you confuse someone like Brett Burns, and teams are so used to seeing Jonathan Huberto pass the puck and distribute it to find the shot. But I I have to ask you a question. When you were seeing that two-on-one chance by the Florida Panthers, did you yell shoot uh, at your TV? (laughs) I did because Huberto has, I'd say probably 75% of the time he's passing that puck. Um, and even even on the play, he he looked to pass. He faked to pass a couple times, and Burns bit on the second fake. Um, Brent Burns is a really savvy veteran. Um, you know he's gonna he was always gonna cheat a little towards the the open man in case Huberto did send it that way. And I think Huberto uh, was thinking one little step ahead of Burns on that one, and uh, he seemed to know right where to shoot that on Reimer too, because Reimer didn't even move. Uh, 
that has to you think Huberto probably knows the spots to pick on Reimer uh, given their their time on the Panthers together but that was just a wicked shot um, and it really makes you think how many goals Huberto could score if he would just let that go a little more because his wrist shot is uh, definitely one of the top in the NHL when he when he lets it rip like that yeah and with the with the Panthers as well um, when it comes to just confusing James Reimer uh, all game, especially on five on five. So I decided to look up these numbers right before tonight's game in their last matchup against the San Jose Sharks, 46 out of their 50 shots were at even strength. It was known coming into this game that the, the San Jose Sharks have been one of the worst five on five teams in all the NHL. Their penalty kills outstanding. The Florida Panthers um, um, didn't get a power play goal in this one. They went over two. Um, and but even their power play has been a lot better. They got one for five, and the Florida Panthers just in the fir- in the first two periods they've just there's a little bit of undisciplined play. John Huberto uh, um, is uh, gone to the penalty box uh, for roughing uh, a second consecutive game where he's heading uh, to the box for um, for uh, something. But when there's a little bit of Undiscipline, we can talk about undisciplined play, and the one in LA was definitely an undisciplined play, but of but that also tells gives me that sign of someone who just really cares and really wants to win. I know I know that uh, that roughing created a four-on-four chance, but I mean advantage Panthers in that situation with more space on the ice as well, um, going up against the San Jose Sharks. So I wasn't necessarily angry about that four-on-four chance for the Panthers. Yeah, I think his I think his passion is starting to boil over a little bit, especially as we get towards playoff time. And we saw this happen last year as the playoffs got closer. Huberto was involved in a lot more scraps and he was um, got and he got a lot more physical and that carried into the postseason. Um, I feel like veterans who, who start to learn how to play that playoff style, they turn their game up a little bit in intensity as we get closer to playoffs. And he's starting to do that. Um, so. I don't necessarily like to see our star player dropping his gloves too much, but um, definitely perfectly fine with him standing up physically as long as he does it responsibly, not like L.A. That was a, a costly one, uh, and he knows that. But, um, th- yeah, no no complaints about what he did tonight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about undisciplined play all day, but the, the officials tonight were not at their best. Um, immediately the, the the barkov high stick penalty comes to mind it was a blatant flop um completely missed it and Uyghur gets a, a penalty for for basically chirping from the bench you don't see that too often so um, mm-hmm. yeah they really needed to settle down after the second period but huberto um yeah definitely to me it's a non-issue that he's turning up the intensity this time of year in fact it's a good thing mm-hmm. yeah and i have on my notes right here on the penalty by barkov Right here, right. I wrote no embellishment question mark uh, by Jonathan Dolan. <laughs> so I literally wrote that. Um, yeah, and just Boog- um, um, not not Bugner, um, Bruno uh, talked about it on the ESPN broad um, on not ESPN broadcast after the game talking about how um, they kept their composure throughout the third period. I mean, the third period they didn't commit a single penalty after uh, five in the first um, in the first two, um, but. I mean, there was a really bad turnover by Radko Gudis that caused the hooking, and then that's what caused the the shot to go to Gus Gus Forsling's uh, knee. 
Uh, there's another one where Mar- oh Marchment also got a uh, a, a roughing uh, for four four and four as well. So that mm-hmm. was that was another one that um, Bennett uh, Bennett also has a turnover that has a hold and Mackenzie Weger, um he's been better this season when it comes to not throwing the puck over the glass. Last season that was a big issue and this one th- this time around it's like man it- it's been a little bit and i haven't picked on Uyghur for it but uh there's also another opportunity uh that Uyghur gave up to the san jose sharks where spencer knight loses his stick and it's like right in front of the net and spencer knight makes a incredible save i believe that was also on the pk where where that happens so just got to give credit to uh to spencer knight for standing up when when he needed to on some of the mistakes we Uyghur made both behind the goal line and uh that delay of game call yeah so spencer definitely bailed him out on one of them and then the penalty kill after Uyghurs uh over the glass delay of game was super solid um but yeah you, you talked about it he's had an issue in the past with keeping that puck in play sometimes and uh tonight's was a really weird one it seemed kind of like a freak accident because it oftentimes when a defenseman sends it out of play he's doing it inside his own zone Uyghur had all day and cleared it out of the zone and it went over the glass on the opposite end of the ice, which is really uncommon. Um, I do have a theory on it. I do have a theory on it. He plays so much on the left side as a right shot defenseman that I feel like sometimes when he's on the right side, he just puts too much muscle on it because he's not, he's on the near side instead of the far side. Hmm. And tonight's in San Jose, he was on the right side of the ice and launched it over the right, the right side glass, where if he's on the left side, that's probably not going over the glass, if you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my theory on it, but mm-hmm. you never really know. It could just be bad luck. Yeah, it's like when you're on one side, but your stick is on the other, um, your angles are different. As, exactly. Uh, somebody who uh, played on the right wing uh, for lacrosse, if I was on the left wing, I, I, can't, I can't stick handle with my right to save my life. So I have to force my – I have to – have be on the left all the time and that that shot would go in a different way um so i could see where your theory is and that let's not forget that that delay of game call was what caused the florida panthers to go five on three four i believe it was like only like 22 seconds but still big saves um by spencer knight to mm-hmm. to help the florida panthers um uh come up with this win and i mean the the final period and overtime 18 to three shot on goal advantage by the florida panthers James Reimer, I lost count of how many times the Florida Panthers made him look like a turnstile um, in in the final period and overtime, and just just goes to show how this Florida Panthers team, when they they can find ways to turn it on at any point, and it's frustrating sometimes. Not gonna lie, um, when you. Do, but I also think it's part of pace as well. The Florida Panthers are starting like pacing themselves so that they're mm-hmm. not tired out by the time the third period comes around. And I mean, Frank Ricciano, um just getting two goals tonight, um, both of them on one timers uh, to, and he's played 49 of the 60 games, healthy scratch um, 11 of those, of those, um, of those 60 games and just finds a way and just, let, let's talk a little bit about Vetrano. After a game like this, how much do you think his uh, trade value has gone up or if it has? Yeah, so 
Um, the ESPN crew was kind of talking about it, and you just felt like something was coming in that third period. The Panthers were were all over the place and 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 all over the shark zone. Uh, pretty much chipped the paint off of the goalpost with the amount of times they hit the post in that period, and then you just kind of felt like something was coming, and it happened to be Vitrano. Um, he he, he seems to have a clutch gene. Um, he he comes through dating back to last year. Led us in overtime winners. Um, and the dude can just shoot the puck. I mean, if nothing else, he can shoot the puck. Um, so yeah, his, his clutch ability and, and the fact that he's so streaky, um, I don't even remember when his last goal was. And then out of nowhere gets two big ones tonight. So, um, it's, it goes to show that he stays ready. He's a professional and his shot is always there. That's something that's not leaving him. Um, so his trade value, I would think is. Uh, maybe not super high, but I don't think it ever really dropped too low. I think teams know his ability. He he's just been buried in the in the lineup a little bit here this season. His last goal came on January first against the Montreal Canadiens. So it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, that that is a long time. <laughs> so that was the last time that he uh, found uh, the the back of the net. And let's not forget, the Florida Panthers had a minute and thirty seconds into the third period where they were on the PK just if they found, I, I, I told myself if they found a way to kill that PK to, to start that they were going to, they're going to find a way to, to win this game. I mean, and now the Florida Panthers, when their opposition scores first, since the all-star break have done it three times where prior to that, they've done it once. Those two previous times in the all-star break were, Carolina and Minnesota, the first two games coming out of the All-Star break. And then before that was that shootout win against Vancouver. So different types of situations for the Florida Panthers. They're learning. They're they're starting to pass the test more often than not on the road. And and just the the Florida Panthers getting three out of the four points is just um just where you want to be in this part of the road trip as they face off in these next two games to finish off the trip against two teams that are currently out of the wild card race in um, the Western conference, but we're going to transition into the next segment um, where we will be talking a little bit about scores around the league and preparing the Florida Panthers for their next matchup against the Vegas golden Knights on Thursday night, another late night start for the Florida Panthers, a 10 30 start. So we'll talk about that more on the next segment here on the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I have Jacob Winans here with me on this Winans Wednesday edition of the the podcast. So some scores around the league. Um, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, despite all of their issues, defeat the Dallas Stars for nothing. Um, Arizona, they've been on a little bit of a run lately. Um, they're, they've been winning a little bit. They get that game game uh, winner against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They w- win against Montreal. And that was their second win against Montreal. So we can definitely say that Montreal is part of the worst team in the NHL this year. Uh, New York, they defeat the Anaheim Ducks in overtime for three. Uh, Washington, they defeat the uh, New York Islanders four to three in a shootout. Alexander Ovechkin now is now third, as you meant, uh, as you mentioned earlier on the all time goals list. So he's just, uh, uh, he's just under, uh, like around 130 off of Wayne Gretzky. Uh, 4-1 to one, uh, um, Predators over the Penguins. Uh, Bruins defeat the Blackhawks in an overtime. Edmonton defeats uh, Detroit 7-5. to five. 
Vancouver, uh, six to three over the Devils. Avalanche three did nothing over the depleted Kings. But this is the matchup I want to talk about. I'm gonna say I'm saving this one for last because this is the Florida Panthers' next matchup. The Winnipeg Jets defeat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights by a final score of seven to three. The Winnipeg Jets get seven goals on 23 shots. Alarming. Just look at the box score. I didn't watch the game at all. But just seeing that, seeing all the issues of Robin Leonard being out, Mark Stone on LTIR for the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I mean, I believe um, I believe Alec Martinez is still on LTIR. I, I got to double check that. But I asked you prior to recording this episode of the show, but let's talk about it again because this is an alarming loss for the Vegas Golden Knights. What are the chances that Peter DeBoer gets let go before their game against the Panthers? Yeah, so um, as far as DeBoer goes, I feel like his future is very, very uncertain right now. I don't know if they're going to fire him right this second because to me, I feel like firing him right now is kind of throwing, uh, throwing the towel or waving the white flag on the rest of this season. Um, transitioning with a new coach at this stage in the season is a dangerous game, um, especially headed into the playoffs when you're fighting for that last spot. Um, but as far as the playoff percentages, the, their odds, it doesn't look great for them right now. Uh, given the games in hand, the teams that are right around them in points, it doesn't look great. And they, they have looked very, very dry offensively. Uh, Mark Stone being out hurts a lot. Jack Eichel probably hasn't been the, the game breaker they thought he would be um, but yeah, I, I did see some of the highlights of their game against Winnipeg and they gave up some, some really, really bad goals that just, you don't expect those to go in. Kyle Connor tore them apart. Blake Wheeler. It was, I mean, it was beginning to end. They, they just could not stop a beach ball in net. And that's, that's a big concern for them. Yeah. And the, and the, and the weird thing for Jack Eichel in 14 games played he he has nine points. Not bad for somebody who hasn't played in over a year, but just the fact that goaltending goaltending health has been an issue for them uh, the last few months. I mean, just the just the last week for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, we talked about this on the last episode of Wine and Wednesday. I mean, Carter Hart gets uh, forty seven saves out of forty eight against uh, Vegas. I mean, that that was the start of their um, their uh, losing streak. I mean. After that, none of their games are even close. I mean, even though Columbus has fallen a little bit off the playoffs, I mean, they were still scoring in bunches. I mean, they scored six on them. Buffalo defeats them, too. I mean, Buffalo has also defeated um, Toronto in the Heritage Classic. So Buffalo has picked up quite a few wins here and there. They're, this is the part of the season where they're trying to play spoiler. Pittsburgh, who has the, probably the toughest strength of schedule, they're trying to make a, their way up in the Metro as well. So... But I don't know, Jacob. This this matchup, Panthers historically don't play well uh, at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, but this, uh, despite all of their issues, it, this is just a game that's just really hard for me to just brush off because of all the talent that Vegas still has, despite how depleted they are. Yeah, so this is the textbook definition of a trap game. Um, a team that's now fighting for their playoff lives, um, probably fighting for their coach's uh, life here. Um, the, they're going to be very hungry. Uh, they're going to be on home ice, and they're going to want to try to get a big win, a statement win against a really, really good Panthers team. So the Panthers have to expect Vegas' best in that one. 
Uh, T-Mobile Arena is a hostile arena to play in, especially if Spencer Knight gets the start. They're not going to make it easy for him. So that will not be an easy game. Uh, it definitely will not be. And like you said, they have enough talent where regardless of their struggles right now, they can explode at any second. They have enough talent on that team where all it takes is one game and the floodgates can open. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't expect that to be an easy win at all. If anything, that's going to be one of the harder games on this trip. Mm-hmm. And in three matchups at T-Mobile Arena historically by the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, December 17, 2017, the Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers 5-2. Uh, December, tw- um, excuse me, February 28th, 2019, the Golden Knights win in a shootout. And then their most recent one, which hasn't been since uh, February 22nd, 2020, the Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers by a final score of five to three. So historically, um, not a not a pleasant building for the Florida Panthers to be in whenever they face off against the Vegas Golden Knights. Like you said, they're gonna be fighting for their coach. They're gonna be uh, trying. They're they're kind of a. Uh, they're kind of like that guy in the epi- that one episode of SpongeBob where he says food, water, atmosphere, where he's like on the floor, like crawling. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I feel like that's the Vegas Golden Knights right now. They're like crawling their way, especially with uh with with the health um when it when it comes to their roster. But definitely like what you said, a trap game. And honestly, a win on Thursday, regardless of what happens on Friday it'll guarantee a 500 road trip for the Panthers. So that's really kind of like what my mindset is going into this game. Get that win and you'll guarantee that. Yeah, for sure. Um, every, every segment of the schedule is such a long marathon of the season. You gotta, you kind of break it down in segments and try to win, uh, win certain segments. And I think winning a road trip or getting 500 on a tough road trip like this is definitely a good marker for them at this point. And I really do hope Vegas does have a good game. I hope they bring it because the Panthers, like like we've discussed, they are they haven't had a ton of adversity this season, and and they could use they could use a couple playoff type games on the road in hostile buildings to gear them up for what's coming. So, um, if if any year is the year they get the first win there in Vegas, this is the year to do that. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that one. And they've been challenged these last two games. Of course, shootout can go mm-hmm. anyway in LA. You, you find a way to come from behind in, in this one. So the fact that they're doing this, their body clock's at like 10 p.m. Um, Eastern coming in. So their their bodies are going to be tired. I mean, jet lag, jet lag is going to definitely catch up to them. But still, they're finding ways to win uh, the these late game situations on the road. So it's very encouraging, uh, definitely, to see for this Florida Panthers team. And like you said, segments, um, doing it in segments. And again, the, they win. 500 over of, on the road trip on on a very difficult one. Even though the California swing isn't what it used to be, you get wins there when you're traveling over 2,000, and you're you're very encouraged. So, Jacob, I want to thank you for joining me on this uh, Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everyone where they can follow you online. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find my work at pantherparkway.com and you can follow me on Twitter. I'm most active there. That's going to be at Jacob Winans 8. Awesome, man. So thank you so much once again for joining the show. So make sure, once again, make sure to follow Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Winans 8 so you'll see anything that he has to say about the Florida Panthers 
So the Florida Panthers will be flying to uh, Vegas. They'll have a 4 p.m. practice at T-Mobile Arena uh, the day before their matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll be providing all the updates on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast all before their matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And now for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodin and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>